This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. Welcome to Jumping Bomb Audio. Jumping Bomb Audio, the number one show all about the world of Joshi Pro Wrestling. My name is Taylor, and I am joined, as always, by my good friend. If he were a Grand Prix, he would be five-star. It's Kelly. Kelly, what do you have to say for yourself? Oh, that that was so sweet. You know what you would be? You'd be a seven-star Grand Prix. Wow. Wow. That's the one that takes place in the Tokyo Dome. You taught me. <laughs> That's the one that has FTR in it. Yep. <laughs> uh, uh, well, we had an exciting uh, we've had an exciting two weeks of Joshi, and we're excited to be here to talk to you about it. We will be covering both the first two nights of the Stardom Five Star Grand Prix, night one and two at the Oda City General Gymnasium. Just as a programming note, we will not be discussing night three and four on this show uh, as we record it. None of those matches have been put up on Stardom World yet, so we don't really have anything to talk to you about with those shows except for their results. And for the sake of you and for the sake of us, we're going to keep it spoiler-free, so we are not going to be discussing those shows on this show. Uh, But we will also be discussing the results of the quarterfinals of the Tokyo Princess Cup And then we will be doing a lot of previewing stardom, of course, having more five-star Grand Prix shows coming up, but also a big show on August 21st and two big shows for Tokyo Joshi, both at Corken Hall on August 13th and 14th. So let's get right into it. But before we do that, we got to do the plugs. If you're not following us, follow us on Twitter at jbombaudio. Two weeks ago, we posted our Stardom 5-Star Grand Prix Primer, which you can find there, with up-to-date results and standings and all the upcoming future shows. You can follow Kelly at Comic Geek Kelly on Twitter, and you can follow me at Taymambo. Please subscribe to this podcast on your podcast app of choice. And if that app of choice happens to be Apple Podcasts, we'd really appreciate a 5-star rating and review. And if you're feeling extra generous, you can donate to the show at redcircle.com slash shows slash jumping bomb audio. So as I said, we're kicking off this episode talking about the first two nights of the five-star Grand Prix. So let's start with the first night from July 30th at Oda City General Gymnasium, the five-star Grand Prix night one. Kelly, overall, what did you think of this show? I thought it was a really good show. Um, I liked the set for this show a lot. Like it just, it had a cool look. It it felt like a big show because of it. 
like yeah, it was a it was a good show, a really good kickoff to the tournament. Yeah, I thought that this show uh, really flew by. Uh, it felt like a quick show, even though it only it felt like a quick show, even though it had uh, nine matches on it. I thought all the matches sort of had a different feel to them, which I think really helped. They weren't all sort of straight in the ring. You know, you had some that went out of the ring, uh, one that went on the stage. And so I thought it was a really good start. No matches that I really considered blow away, as we'll talk about in a second, but I thought all the wrestling was really solid and it helped it really fly by. So we will start. Uh, the first match, which was not a five-star Grand Prix match, was the pre-show gauntlet tag team match where the Cosmic Angels tag team of Natsupoi and Tom Nakano defeated the Oedo Tai team of Fukigen Death and Starlight Kid, the other Oedo Tai team of Momo Watanabe and Saki Kashima, the third Oedo Tai team of <laughs> Rina and Ruaka, and the, uh, the Queen's Quest team of Hina and Miyu Amasaki, and the Stars team of Hanan and Koguma. You may notice Starlight Kid in that gauntlet tag team match. She was scheduled to have a match on this show, a five-star Grand Prix match with Suzu Suzuki, uh, but Suzuki tested positive for COVID, I believe, the day of the show. So her first two matches were not held, I don't believe it's been announced whether those matches will be rescheduled or whether they will be considered forfeits. I don't believe that was announced. I do believe it was announced that all of Suzu Suzuki's matches going forward will happen at, at the moment, will happen as scheduled. So that's good to hear that she will be coming back. But this first pre-show gauntlet, uh, the biggest news coming out of it, was the winners, the Cosmic Angels team of Natsupoi and Tom Nakano, will be challenging for the tag titles. Kelly, did you watch this opening match? I did not. Great. I didn't either. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Uh, But uh, I want, talking about Suzu, you know, I'm really hoping they use that last day where it's a match or it's not it's second to last, I think, where it's like a match where they just put the Suzu matches in there. Well, or you figure, I know that there are some days that we talked about where there might only be, now these are the smaller shows, there might only be five matches or something like that. You figure you with only two matches to fit in, I would assume they would be able to fit those matches in, you know, taking into taking Suzu's schedule into account, they might be able to, you know, add one more five-star match to one of those shows to get that in. Yeah. Cause yeah, normally like if it is, if it is a forfeit, normally they say that right away. So I would assume they're going to slot them somewhere else. But the first match proper of the five-star Grand Prix 2022 was a, um, match between my sakurai defeating momokogo in five minutes and 56 seconds kelly what did you think of the first match of the 2022 five-star grand prix i thought it was a fairly strong start to the tournament uh i thought they both worked hard brought a good fire to the match um i feel like i'm I, maybe i'm turning the corner on my sakurai i don't know we'll, we'll see uh they both have room for improvement in terms of smoothness uh but 
I thought they both did really well here. Like I, I, I want three stars on it. All right. Well, we are off to quite a start because I thought that this was not a good start to oh, the no. five star Grand Prix. I agree with you that I liked Momokogo's energy to start uh, attacking early, but I am not turning the corner on my Sakurai uh, <laughs> in any way. I found her very clunky in this match. Uh, there were a number of things that just I thought did not look good. You know, it had that good energy to start, and then it felt like it just sort of fell into this rut of like, eh, this is sort of a wrestler who I don't think is very good and a wrestler who I think is good, but still very young and probably needs to be more led by a experienced wrestler to have the sort of matches I enjoyed. So uh, not a match for me, I'll say, but only five minutes, oh, you know, nearly six minutes. So nothing, nothing terrible. Yeah, I give a, a lot more leeway on match quality when they're shorter. Just because it's it's... It's an easier watch at that point. The the less it, they gave me less time to feel bored, so it's like okay, no, I I I was into it enough, and it's like okay, this is uh this is not bad. But if they went like ten minutes, eh, I'd probably think it's bad. In my opinion, I think that they should have opened the show or opened the five star grand prix matches with the next match, which was Amy Sore defeating Saeeda in 8 minutes and 14 seconds. You know, I didn't think that this was a blow-away match, but I thought it was really well worked. Um, I thought that they worked really hard. I really liked the finishing, uh, Amy Sore's finishing sequence. I am, as I've talked about on the show before, a big fan of hers. I think that she's really good. Uh, she's in a good spot where she's not being superly pushed, but she can go out and have these sort of matches that I really enjoy. I really liked her finishing sequence, the blue thunder bomb into the, the suplex that she did, the twisting suplex. So I really enjoy this match. I thought it had the good energy that I was sort of looking for at the, at the first match where it's like, yeah, here we go. We're into it. Not necessarily, oh, this is the best match I've ever seen, but you know, we're getting energy. We're getting some pace. So I really like this. Yeah, no, I thought it was decent too. Uh, I really liked the chop battle they had in the early goings. Uh, I will say it it kind of lost me in the middle. Like all of a sudden I know it's like, oh, I'm looking at my phone and not paying attention to this. <laughs> what happened? And so I, I don't know. It, it just didn't hold my attention. I only went two and a half on it. Still decent, better than average, of course, but like not the best, I thought. The third five-star Grand Prix match on the show was Saki getting the win, defeating Unagi Saika in nine minutes and seven seconds. Kelly, what did you think of this match? I have strong thoughts on this match, so I'm wondering if, if, we're, if we match up on our thoughts. I did not care for the pacing of this match and thought it was pretty boring. Like It, it felt like they spent eight of those nine minutes just doing like running boots at each other. Like, I don't know. It just, it did not work for me at all. I just went two stars on it. Great. So we're exactly on the same page because <laughs> in my notes, I wrote, Oh, good. Hot start. thought they started really well. And then my second note, my last note of this match is okay. Enough with the kicks. Yeah. They just kept doing it. It felt like, Oh, a cool 
like I was watching it thinking, oh, this is sort of like a fun twist on the forearm battle that, as people know, I am not crazy about. But I'm like, oh, this is sort of a fun twist on that format. And then they just sort of kept doing it. Yeah. Over and over. And I was like, oh, it's just this for the rest. Like I thought, oh, they're going to stop at some point and go into another part of the match. And they just didn't. Yeah, it was it was weird. Like it it was one of those things where you felt like, did I hang on? Did I did I somehow rewind and not realize it? <laughs> yeah, it was just like, go, you kick. Okay, you kick. Okay, now I kick. It, it in fact the excitement i had thinking oh this is different than the forearm exchanges it then turned into the worst form yeah of the forearm <laughs> exchanges which is you just do it and it never ends and it's almost meaningless uh so yeah not this was not a match for me uh, kobashi sasaki this was not <laughs> The next match was uh, the first match for Risa Sarah and Micah. Risa Sarah defeating Micah in eight minutes and 19 seconds. I really enjoyed this one. I thought that uh, Risa and Micah really meshed well together. I think they are in some ways similar. Not totally similar, but I feel like they, to me, during this match, they felt sort of similar, but not like carbon copies of each other. Uh, so I thought that they worked really well together. I really liked the uh, the one count kickouts. That whole sequence I thought was really fun. So I thought that this was another, not a, again, not a blow away match, but another match that I really enjoyed. I know that some people are very up and down on the output of Risa Sarah, but I thought that she was very good here. And I thought Michael was very good here. It's very sort of weird to me that um, I have come to sort of like Micah more as she seemingly is more and more sort of forgotten by the, by the promotion. It just feels like she and Himika don't have all that much to do. Um, You know, they were tag champions, but now it feels like they're sort of in this middle morass now with people like Mirai who is sort of similar, but I find I'm sort of enjoying her more. I don't know why that is, but uh, this was a match that I really liked. Well, I think with Micah, that just comes from her getting better as a wrestler. Like she's, when she was brought into stardom and started to kind of get pushed almost immediately, like what she had 20, 30 matches under her belt. So it's just like, okay, as she's getting less push, she's getting more experience. So it's like, it makes sense. So I could, I, I think once they kind of heat her up again, it'll be like, oh, okay, yeah, you're awesome now. But I think the issue I had with her when she was being pushed is I was like, oh, she has almost no personality. That's, <laughs> yeah. And I feel like she still doesn't really, like, I just don't really, we'll talk about this um, coming up in a few matches, but it's sometimes very hard to connect with some people in stardom because I'm like, you're a good wrestler. There's lots of good wrestlers in this company, but you're just that like, you're a great wrestler, but almost everyone in this company is a great wrestler. And these other great wrestlers have really interesting, fun personalities that 
I connect to where someone like Micah is just like, I come out and I'm a great wrestler and that's the whole thing. And I'm like, yeah, "Mm." I think they need to let Micah be a weirdo because she is clearly a weirdo. Look, look at, she's got crazy eyes. She just let her go around dressed up like a bear when she's trying to stalk Koguma. Just lean into that instead of just letting her be strong wrestler lady. Like, I think she'll get super over being weirdo Micah. <laughs> the next match was Suri defeating Azumi in nine minutes and 31 seconds. And this was the first match for me where I thought, yeah, this is the five star Grand Prix. I literally wrote in my notes. Yeah. The five star Grand Prix is here. <laughs> um, What I really liked about this match is I thought that it's two people who don't really have a similar style. Uh, You have Azumi in the high speeds style and you have Shuri sort of big match, but submission, of course, style. And I thought that neither one of them went away from their style of wrestling. It didn't feel like Azumi wrestling a Shuri match or Shuri wrestling a sort of Azumi high speed match, but even so, it didn't feel awkward. It felt like it still fit together really well. Um, and I think that, you know, the thing I've talked a lot about how much Azumi is having a great year. I think the thing that she really excels at is she does the little things really well. Uh, she had the Azumi Sushi pin on and she started moving because she knew that Siri was going to kick out and she transitioned back into it because she had moved to prep for it. I thought that was really cool. Uh, I do have to point out, I don't know if I'm stealing a Kelly comment, but why is Daichi jumping around the ring to look at the submission? Was, Was this the match where he jumped over someone? No, he didn't jump over, but he jumped down to the mat as if he was going to count a pin. And I thought, why is he counting a pin? This is a submission. Then I think he realized he was in the wrong position, stood up and jumped over to the other side of them. And I was like, what is going on? There uh, there was one match. I it might have been I can't it might have been Himika versus Utami on this show. I can't remember. But he just he literally just jumped over the wrestler. Like they were in a submission and he ran across the ring and jumped over them. It was hilarious. I don't know if I'm noticing Daichi more because he's doing more annoying things or because you've brought this up um, in the past. And now it's now I'm primed to look for things like this. There was Uh, also a moment in night two. I can't remember which match it was, but he sprinted across the ring towards a wrestler. And I thought he was going to like hit him with a high knee or something. Uh, But anyway, I thought this match was really good. I went four stars. I thought it was a really really good match that I really enjoyed. And as I said, the first big sort of like, yeah, great match of the five-star Grand Prix. Yeah. I also went five, four stars on this. I thought it was awesome. I loved how like the whole match, it felt like Siri was doing her damnedest to not get dragged into a high speed style match. Like there were points where you could see her kind of get wrapped up in it and then stop and almost tell herself like, no, 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 I need to slow down. I can't fall into her trap. This is how I would lose. So it was really cool just watching her constantly try and slow things down to her pace. And I thought Azumi sold her uh, series offense incredibly well. Like she sold some kicks just like they were murder. 
Like this, this was really good. This was all as good as I expected it to be. The next match was not a five-star Grand Prix match, but a special tag team match here in the middle of the show. The team Seven Kyrie, Kyrie and Nanai Takahashi defeating the Queen's Quest team of Saya Kamatani and Lady C. Have to say, before the match, uh, enjoyed Kyrie and Nanai coming to the ring on the motorcycle, motorbike, I guess. Uh, almost as good as when Manami Toyota rode it to the ring back at the Ice Ribbon uh, Yokohama Budokan show. Doing Kyrie leaving WWE, but doing the shout out to the American Badass Undertaker. <laughs> <laughs> That was the that's the only thing I can ever think about when people ride things around the ring. Like yeah. vehicles. Yeah, that's it's, like, it's oh, yeah. that or Stone Cold with the ATV. Yeah. Uh thought Kyrie looked great. The gear was really cool. Uh my big takeaway from the match, which I really enjoyed, was that Kyrie and Nanai Takahashi came off to me as absolute stars. Huge, big deals. Saya Kamatani and Lady C did not. Now, Lady C, she's a still a, a young wrestler. She was here to, you know, lose. But to me, this is the biggest difference between a lot of people are saying, oh, Saya Kamatani is the, you know, getting wrestler of the year consideration from some people. But to me, this is the clear indication of the gulf between someone who's very good. You know, I think Sayakamatani is very good. But the difference between that and someone who just ha- like has it. Like Kyrie, it's like you walk, they walk in the ring and you're like, yes, this is a someone who's a big deal. Someone who's very good, has it all. Um, so I thought it was sort of an uneven battle much different than the following night which we'll talk about in a few minutes kelly what do you think of this match i liked it uh going off of what you were saying about saya i mean you know preaching to the choir for me but to me it feels like okay Kyrie and nana they're stars saya is acting like a star she's not actually one but she's trying her hardest so it's like that's that's the the issue for me with her is that it's she's trying to be something she's not and maybe she can get there but she's not there yet but that's fine uh her and lady c need matches like this to grow as wrestlers so i was really happy to see this on the card i hope that we see more of stuff like this uh seeing Kyrie just reminds me of how much i miss her as a wrestler she's so good and Sucks that she was retired for so many years and off vacationing in the United States. Uh, the one of my favorite things is Lady C just bopping Nanai in the head with her giant chop. <laughs> just whoop! It doesn't look like it hurts a bit, and it's hilarious every time. <laughs> yeah, and I have to just echo your point that I do think that this type of match is good as we've talked about as you've mentioned in the past there is the worry that saya only wrestles 
um, sort of these stardom people who are less experienced and some of her habits get locked in because then she's the sort of experienced wrestler in the match. And I think matches like this against more experienced people are very helpful to people like Saya who are good, but maybe missing the, you know, you've talked about, Oh, getting locked in on the bad habits. And I think matches like this are good to sort of make sure that that doesn't happen. Yes. 100%. The next match, we're back to the five-star Grand Prix. Mirai defeating Mayu Iwatani in 12 minutes and 51 seconds. I'll say, I don't have much to say about this match. Uh, So Kelly, I'll let you go first. Yeah, I really don't either. It was a cool match. A huge win for Mirai. Uh, The lariat from Mirai to the back of Mayu's head looked nuts. (laughs) Like that, that looked sick. It was awesome. Uh, I went three and a half stars on this. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it a lot. But yeah, not much to really say about it. It was just kind of like, it was one of those matches where you're like, well, that was good. All right, moving on to the next thing. I thought it was good, but I still have this issue with Mirai, as I just mentioned a few minutes ago, where I just don't feel that much personality from her. She just sort of feels like a wrestler to me. Um, You know, the sort of gear feels very generic sort of stardom to me it she feels a little bit like if there was a stardom video game and you just had like the generic trader wrestler where it was like she's the career mode character yeah sort of the like you look at the gear and you're like yeah that's stardom gear and her moves are like okay these are moves that people would do in stardom but there isn't that thing that sort of distinguishes her especially i think now at this point where it's clear that The company really wants to push her a lot. I mean, she won the Cinderella tournament. Uh, Slight spoilers, she's currently, not that it means much, leading her block um, in this tournament. But it just feels to me, I just don't have any connection with her really beyond like, ooh, she's a good wrestler. But I can see that everywhere. I can see that in the next two matches we're about to talk about. So... I think that's a disconnect where I just sort of watch the matches and I'm like, yeah, it's good, but I don't really have anything to say. Yeah, she felt much more distinct in Tokyo Joshi, but then you take Mirai, that essentially that character, and move her over to stardom, and it's like, okay, cool, you're everyone else. Awesome. The semifinal was the match between Utami and Himika. Himika defeating Utami in 10 minutes and 52 seconds. This was another one where I was sort of watching and I was like, yeah, this is a match. And then I thought the finishing, the final sequence was really good. The power bombs was good. Uh, The suplex from Utami was really good. So I thought it picked up close, really close to the end and sort of ended on a high note. Yeah, another big upset, I thought, here. I was not expecting Himika to pick up the win. Uh, Really good, hard-hitting match. Uh, Three and a half stars for me. The one thing I'll say about the booking, and it's only been two nights, so there isn't that much to say. I think that there was slightly maybe too much... um, I don't know what the word I'm looking for is, but it feels like everyone who clearly is going to do well did badly on the first night. Yeah, no, that makes sense. And it feels like I totally understand doing that, that it happens in a lot of tournaments, but it just feels like every person 
who you're like, oh, they could do well. You know, Micah is one. Uh, Utami, uh, Julia, as we'll talk about in a second. Uh, Mayu might be one. You know, I don't think she'll win, but she's always up near the top. It just feels like all of these sort of like, oh, a favorite went down happened like in the almost the entire card. Yeah. Um, which is not a huge deal, but it is one of those things where you see someone like Utami losing this match, which should be slightly shocking because you're like, oh, you know, this should be one of the favorites. And it's taken away a little because you look up and down the card and you're like, oh, I, I know what's going on here. Um, as opposed to like, oh, maybe they're, maybe she won't win. You know, I don't know. But, you know, it's only two nights out of 21. So not a huge deal. And the main event, Hazuki defeating Julia in 11 minutes and 54 seconds. Kelly, what did you think of this main event? I thought this was awesome. Uh, they worked this match at a crazy pace. Like, just something was always happening. Uh, they're both nuts for this match, but especially Julia, who's just like, I'm going to fall down a bunch of stairs on my first tournament match. <laughs> like, this this was awesome. Uh, great way to cap off the first night of action. I went four and a half stars. This is by far the match of the night for me. Uh, I also really liked it. Uh, Julia going Darby Allen style down the stairs. But I also loved all the other stuff, you know, taking the drop kick and things like that. And then I loved it when it got back in the ring. Uh, They had that big slap fight in the middle of the match, which I really liked. The um, code breaker from the top rope code breaker from Hazuki, which looked really crazy, which I liked. Great brain buster uh, near the end of the match. So I also really liked it. I went four and a quarter stars, so slightly lower than Kelly, uh, but really a great cap uh, to the night, you know, ending what I thought was a strong event on a, on a high note. Yeah, definitely. It, I re- I really like the dynamic these two have where it's just, Oh, they're both insane people that are going to <laughs> just put their bodies through hell to kill each other. Like I, I want more. Give me a big singles feud between these two in the future. Yeah, I'm a big fan. Hazuki always, to me, feels like she goes 100%, uh, which I really love. And yeah, and I mean, Julia has been excellent now for a couple years. So this was the definitely the correct choice to me for the main event. Night two of the Five Star Grand Prix was back at Oda City General Gymnasium on July 31st. It Kicked off with another pre-show gauntlet tag team match, the Donna Del Mundo team of Micah and Mai Sakurai defeating the Oedo Taiti team of Rina and Ruaka, the Queen's Quest teams of Azumi and Miyu Amasaki and Hina and Lady C, and the Stars team of Hanan and Hazuki. This is another one I did not watch, and Kelly, I'm assuming you were the same. Yep. Great. (laughs) <laughs> so we'll start with the first five-star Grand Prix match of the night. Koguma, in her first five-star Grand Prix match of 2022, defeating Momokogo in six minutes and 27 seconds. Momokogo quickly heading down the, the standings here with her second loss. 
Uh, Kelly, what did you think of this first match of night two? Uh, I don't really have many thoughts on this one. I just thought it was a fun opener. Um, yeah, that's really it. It was a decent match. Uh, Koguma, I'd both re- looked really good here. But uh, yeah, nothing much to it. Uh, I said the same thing. I wrote, it was a match. So I feel pretty similar. A fine kickoff, but nothing much to write home about. And sometimes with this, I do feel, uh, you know, we are only in night two, but so many singles matches, we're going to have a lot more. Sometimes you just don't really have much to say about a match. Yeah. It's the way things happen. And speaking of Momo, our next five-star Grand Prix match also featured a Momo. It featured Momo Watanabe losing to Mina Shirakawa in 10 minutes and 42 seconds. Mina stopping the wrench attack and winning the match. This was really the match that brought out that I think there's a lot of variety in this, as I already talked about, you know, the sort of in-ring matches, you sort of have the classic stardom matches. You had the match on the stage in the main event of night one. You have this match, which is sort of a more classic Oedo tie interference match, which I usually don't like, but they haven't really done it a lot recently. And I think in this tournament, sort of keeping it to this one portion, this one, you know, Momo Watanabe's matches, I think does give some variety. Um, I thought that Mina looked really good here. Uh, I thought that she was really impressive. She keeps impressing me. I thought that she kept up very well with Momo. I thought she looked really good uh, sort of exchanging kicks with her which is sometimes hard to do with Momo. I will say that I sort of am already starting to lose hope in this Momo Watanabe character. It was sort of like, oh, she's turned heel. The company cares about her again. And it sort of feels like they don't really care about her all that much. She feels just sort of like, ah, she's a big name, but we can just beat her with anyone we want. And it doesn't really matter. Somewhere Aaron weeps. Uh, I thought this match was great. I I really enjoyed it. Uh, they worked super hard. Like it was near the top of the card. Uh, I liked that the Wado Tai cheating ended up costing Momo the match essentially when Mina caught her and was able to pull out the win that way. I thought that was a really good kind of way to to do the cheating spot where it's like uh, and pretty much right off the bat where it's like oh okay maybe this they won't keep doing the cheating because it just cost her her first match. So I hope they kind of stick with that. Uh, And like you said, Mina looked really good here and it's kind of shocking that she was able to keep up with Momo in terms of kicks because, you know, Momo's Momo. Uh, My lone complaint about the match isn't really the match itself. And it's more just kind of in like a kayfabe perspective. It's kind of bullshit that Mina was almost counted out without having ever gotten into the ring. Like, that's just... That's not how wrestling works. You shouldn't be able to ring the bell before they make it to the ring. Come on. Come on, referee that's not Daichi. What are you doing? Don't make what? don't make me turn my gaze upon you. <laughs> wow. Kelly's soon gonna go after every referee that he yeah. sees. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I was like... What? I was like, wait a minute. She hasn't even gotten in there. This match shouldn't start. You shouldn't be counting her out. That's, that's, no. 
no, no, no. But yeah, a uh, really good match. I went three and three quarters on this. The next match, Risa Sarah winning again, defeating Saki in eight minutes and 13 seconds. Uh, this was a match I had seen some thoughts online that said, oh, this match was really boring. It was the most boring match of both shows. I thought it was f- perfectly fine. Um you know, I wasn't really all that invested in it, but I think I went in with such low expectations because people were like, oh, it was absolutely awful that I sort of left being like, it was a perfectly fine match to me. Yeah, I thought I thought it was disappointing. Uh, it felt to me like they both had an off night and were like working a step slower than normal. I don't, I don't know what it was. It just, it never clicked for me. So I, I wasn't really into this one. Interesting. So you went with the, you were with the consensus, not the consensus. I don't know if that's a consensus, but with what I was seeing, I just thought it was fine. Like, I don't know. Like, I think it was more because I was actually, I was looking forward to this one because I really like both of them and just, I, it didn't, it didn't work. I don't know if they just had bad chemistry or what, but it felt like they were both kind of sleepwalking through the match almost. Interesting. Well, the next match was once again our middle of the card tag team special attraction match. The team of Kairi and Natsupoi defeating the stars duo of Mayu Iwatani and Saya Ida. I was watching this match thinking, oh, this is a fun little match. I'm having a good time, you know, nothing crazy. And then I thought the ending was really really good they started going crazy i really loved it i loved saida doing the nagata lock in front yes. of yuji nagata that was, was on awesome. commentary i loved the double what i thought of as du- the double double foot stomp uh, i know the move is called the marine spike but when they went up i said oh they're gonna do a double double foot stomp and i just thought they really went into another gear at the end of the match and i thought it went really well and it was really cool so i went four and a quarter stars on this match i thought it was really good yeah no this was really good uh i thought it was a great showcase for saya like i thought she did really well here and made both of her dads proud both uh togi makabe and uh nagata just doing her best uh her exchanges with Kyrie were awesome uh and near the end the first back fist that Kyrie hit her with looked nuts <laughs> Like that was, that was what that looked like. It could have legit knocked her out. Uh, Kyrie and Poi are a really fun team. I like them together a lot. I'd like. I know Poi is now teamed up with Tom, but I'd like to see her and Kyrie go after the tag belts at some point. Yeah, I like them coming out in the not matching gear, but they did have the hats. Yes, the, the hats were a nice touch. The duo of hats um, and Kyrie back in her sort of more classic gear after the black gear of the previous night but yeah this was um this was a highlight of the show of this show for me i thought it was the best match on the show really okay i wouldn't go that far i i liked it a lot but i there's some stuff coming up later that i liked a little bit more well coming up the first match was tom nakano defeating himika in 11 minutes and 50 seconds. Kelly, what'd you think of this one? I thought it was solid. Uh, 
I had trouble grabbing me early on, but I thought the second half delivered. Uh, I only went three and a quarter on this one. Solid match, but nothing amazing. What about you? Yeah, I was about the same. This felt sort of more like those, um, sort of that Tom um, title reign where I just couldn't really get into it. There was just something there that I didn't really connect with. I don't know what it is. I think I'm just much more invested in Tom when she's being a psychopath about something than when she just comes out and she's like, I'm going to wrestle and be very tough. And I'm like, Oh, you're very good. But I like when you're like, Oh, let's do this crazy uh, idea that I have. And let's do this weird thing. Um, That's the Tom I liked seeing, um, which obviously in a five-star Grand Prix is you're going to get pretty straightforward stuff. And I thought that this was pretty straightforward. The next match, Mirai winning again, upsetting, I would say upsetting, Julia in 12 minutes and 10 seconds. I thought the biggest part of this match was the result. Uh, I thought the match itself was fine, uh, but obviously a big result with Mirai defeating who many people thought was the favorite of the whole tournament, Julia, who moves to 0-2 after two nights. Yeah, I'm thinking maybe from here on out, Julia wins every match, except maybe the Suzu match. We'll see how that one goes. Yeah, I think that's a pretty good bet. I think that she, if she loses again, it's not going to be anytime soon. I think she's going to start uh, start ripping them off. Yeah, the uh, I don't know. I thought this match, I thought it was solid, but ultimately pretty unremarkable. So I just, I just gave him the three stars. The semifinal of this show was Starlight Kid, her first five-star Grand Prix match of 2022 after her first one with Suzu was not held, defeating Saya Kamatani in the rematch of their title match from a few weeks ago. Now, Kelly, we had very different thoughts on the first iteration of this match. So I'm very interested to see what you thought of this rematch, as it were. I liked this one more than the first one. Uh, I, I The time limit really means that uh, Saya can't fall into a lot of her usual tropes. So it's kind of just go, 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 action, action, action. But like without kind of the overindulgence of the Saya spots. So... I thought this was one of her better matches. Uh, just exciting, fast-paced action. Was very happy to see Starlight Kid win. Uh, I went three and three-quarter stars on this one. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Amazing. So once again, we're up. <laughs> we're in opposite. I thought it was. I thought it was a good match. Not that I thought it was a bad match, but I thought, oh well, this. I was sort of watching and going, yeah, this is good, but not as good as that last match they had, and it can't really live up. It was sort of funny in that I had the opposite reaction, where I was like, well, they have limited time, so they can't really reach the peaks of that first match for me. 
So what helped for you, the time limit sort of held me back where I was like, okay, it's going to be a short match. Um, the outcome of Starlight Kid sort of getting her win back is not all that surprising uh, to me. So I thought it was probably, you know, um, I actually probably was pretty close to you, probably three and a quarter or three and a half. So we're not that far off. But, you know, to me, who loved their first match, it was sort of like, yeah, this isn't as good as the first one, but I understand why. Yeah, it's fun that we were able to both use the uh, the time limit <laughs> in our arguments. Like, well, <laughs> well, I liked it because it was so short and they couldn't fall into their stuff. And you're just like, well, I, I didn't like it because it was so short, so they couldn't get their stuff in. <laughs> And the main event of night two, probably the most talked about match of both nights, uh, was the re, what would this be? Re, 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 rematch. <laughs> Utami and Suri. Utami getting her first singles victory over Suri in 14 minutes and 56 seconds of the 15 minute time limit. They had previously gone to the very famous draw in the title match. They had gone to a draw last year in the five-star Grand Prix. Shuri then beat Utami for the title. So this was their first singles match since then. And Utami winning with seconds left on the clock. Kelly, we talk a lot on this show about time limit draws. So what did you think of this match? I was absolutely shocked that this wasn't a draw. And I honestly, if it was a draw, I would have been fine. Like, it fits the continuity, you know, that's cool. But, like, I, so, yeah, seeing Utami get the pin was a huge shock for me. Uh, awesome match. Exactly what you would expect from these two. I really, really enjoyed it. I went four and a half stars on it. Um, I will say, just to cut people off at the pass, because I know what people are going to say, is that they're going to come to me and they're going to go, see, this is why they do all those time limit draws. And I'm going to say absolutely not. Yeah, no, that's not why. <laughs> the whole point it works is that these two wrestlers have gone to time limit draws. Not that everyone in the company goes to time limit draws every day. So if anyone has that argument, don't say that to me because you're wrong. Get out of my um, face. It It worked. Because they have gone to time limit draws multiple times. It's so funny to me because the promotion clearly understands the use of time limit draws. There are a number of times we've talked about on the show where it's like they used a time limit draw and it really worked in this case because it did this. Here, they use the threat of the time limit draw really effectively to have an interesting finish. But... It's just one of those things where if you got rid of all the other time limit draws, I think that these would be so much better because it almost feels to me, I don't know how you feel, Kelly, but it feels to me like um, you were sort of like, well, they're going to a time. Like sometimes I watch these matches and I'm like, well, they're going to a time limit draw and sort of my attention, not my attention, but my sort of, eagerness to watch the match and see the finish i'm like well they're going to a time limit draw and so yeah. to me it feels sort of like this would have ended and been like oh they didn't go less like oh my god they didn't go to a time limit draw i can't believe it and more just sort of like oh they didn't go to a time limit draw 
uh, yeah, no, because it's like with with them, you fully expect it at this point, so that's why it was the shock. Whereas, like normally with these matches, I fire up the Stardom World and move the little thingy along to where the match starts, and kind of and then gauge the time remaining. It's like, okay, they're not gonna go the whole time. <laughs> cool, not a time limit draw, but sometimes it's like, looks like they're gonna be cutting it close. This one's probably gonna be a long one. Oh boy. <laughs> So that is night two of the five-star Grand Prix. As I mentioned before in the show, night three and four have been held, but those shows are not up for viewing yet at the time we are recording, I should say, uh, on Stardom World. I believe that the Stardom Twitter account did say that the um, matches for night three will start going up on Monday, which should be the day that this is released. So by the time this comes out, there may or may not be uh, some matches up on Stardom World. I don't really know. Anyway, what else has been happening in the last two weeks of Joshi? Seedling had a show on July 26th. Oz had a show on July 31st. Akino became the new Oz Pioneer Champion which is their three-way championship, and Ryo Mizunami and Sono Kokado advanced in the tag team number one contender tournament, beating Itsuki Aoki and Tsubasa Kuragaki. The finals of that will happen at Korokin Hall, which we'll talk about in a second. The other big tournament show going on, Tokyo Joshi had their Tokyo Princess Cup quarterfinal show on July 31st. Suzume defeating Rika Tatsumi, Miyu Yamashita defeating now Kakuda, Yuka Sakazaki defeating Hikari Noah, and Miyu Watanabe defeating Shoko Nakajima in the main event. Kelly, I know you watched the show. What did you think of this show? I thought it was really good. Uh, I loved Suzume versus uh, Rika Tatsumi. It was just an awesome show of perseverance or perseverance from Suzume. Just finding ways to slip out of. Uh, Rika's big move and then sneaking out the win at the end. Like it, it was awesome. A really good showing for her. I don't know if she makes it any further in the tournament, but regardless, this is a huge win for Suzume. Uh, I went four stars on that one. Uh, Miu versus Naokakuda was fine. I thought it was a well-structured match uh, that Miu was obviously going to win. Uh, Yuka versus Hikari was fun. Just Yuka fully 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 going into the grumpy veteran mode just really becoming the Minoru Suzuki of Tokyo Joshi <laughs> just completely no selling a flurry of super kicks from Hikari uh i i love grumpy yuka she's great and then the main event was a really good like strength versus speed match and a huge win for uh Miyu Watanabe, uh, that is another one definitely worth checking out. I went three and three quarter stars on it. Uh, did you have a chance to watch the show? I did. I watched the show. I really loved the show. I thought it was really good. I think that these four matches sort of are another proof of the how the in-ring ability of the whole roster has really gone up. I thought that these were four, you know, I think the worst of these four matches was very solid, very good at the very least. And I thought that there were multiple of them that were pretty excellent. The Suzume match, the Miyu Watanabe match. I thought those were the two highlights, as you called out. Uh, I was very happy to see, 
you know, we sort of, as we talked about on the last episode, went in with four matches that were sort of a younger, less experienced wrestler against one of the big four uh, sort of pillars of Tokyo Joshi. I was very nervous that we were going to leave the show with, with it being like Miyu, Rika, Yuka, and Shoko. Uh, and as we've talked about, I'm getting very nervous about these pushes of these uh, younger wrestlers. So I was really happy to see Suzume win. I was really happy to see Miyu win. And it got big. Both of those got big reactions in the building. Yes. Uh, people were very excited. But yeah, I thought Suzume and Rika and Miyu and Shoko was the highlight. I actually thought that the Miyu-Shoko match was the best match of the night. I went four stars. Um, I think Miyu Watanabe at this point, certainly people who watch the promotion uh, think she's very good. But I think that now she is becoming a bit underrated because I think she is a legitimately great wrestler. Like some wrestlers in Tokyo Joshi, you're like, oh, they're pretty good, but they're still sort of learning. They're still getting better. I mean, I think Miyu is very, very good. Yeah. I'm she really is. thinking that Mizuki was going to be the one to win the tournament. And now I'm wondering if they're going to slot Miyu into that space. My only thing about Miyu is it feels to me now that you've sort of got an out for Miyu losing because Miyu could lose and still come out of the tournament and say, well, yeah, but I beat you. Yeah. I, I beat Shoko. So I should get a title match where then you could get someone else. The win, the win of the tournament. And say, oh, they're the winner, but still have a way to get Miyu into a title match. Um, again, though, I I don't know where their heads at are with pushing these people, so I don't know. Maybe they're just like, yeah, we're not actually all that interested, and we're just trying to get, you know, Miyu the victory or something. I don't really know, um, but we'll see, and we'll talk about it in a second as we preview Tokyo Joshi's upcoming Cork and Hall shows coming up in the next two weeks. Ice Ribbon also had a show on July 31st. Mika Ozaki defeated Asahi to become the Ice Infinity title number one contender. The champion there, Sayori Ano. Hikaru Shida returned again to Ice Ribbon, defeating Ibuki Hoshi in a singles match, and Hamaka Hoshi and Makoto became the new tag champions, beating Big Dakai, the team of Totoro Satsuki, and Yuna Manase in the main event of that show. Diana had two shows headlined by the Jaguar Yokota 61st birthday and 46th anniversary show. Wave had a show, their typical first of the month show on August 1st. And I'm going to throw it over to Kelly to tell us what has been going on in Choco Pro. Uh, for the most part, Choco Pro has been pretty quiet because they had a minor COVID outbreak. Uh, and then a bunch of the roster also went over to Thailand recently to work for setup. Uh, I believe they did they did a show just the other night or just yesterday as we're recording this that I have not watched yet that they filmed in Thailand. So I'm excited to watch that. And then the setup show that the Chaco Pro wrestlers were on, I think, is airing. I want to say we'll, we'll have aired by the time you guys are listening to this, and it should just be on either the Choco Pro YouTube or the Setup YouTube, so or probably both, actually. Uh, but this, uh, the one Choco Pro show that happened in the time being was Choco Pro 246, the season 14 finale, 
uh, in the main event was Yuna Mizumori, Ken Oka, and Sayuri defeating Mei Suruga, Chei Koshikawa, and Hagane Shino. Uh, fun match. I went three and a half stars on it. Uh, and that's really about it for Choco Pro. They, like I said, they've been quiet because uh, Ken Oka brought some COVID with him. And I believe it was just announced or was recently announced. Uh, Bali Anaki, who's in the States, will be defending his title against uh, Tony Deppen at the next uh, Garden State Pro Wrestling show. That'll so be cool. A little, there's a little side Choco Pro info. Uh, I guess that's more for the upcoming shows. But speaking of upcoming shows, we got a lot of shows to cover. There's a lot of shows happening in the next two weeks. Stardom, of course, continuing on with their five-star Grand Prix. They have four shows, four five-star Grand Prix shows, I should say, in the next two weeks on the 11th at Corican Hall, and then the 13th, 14th, and 20th. But on the 21st will be Stardom's next big show, not a five-star Grand Prix show, with a lot of big matches. Kicking off Hannon versus Miyu Amasaki for the future of Stardom title. Kelly, is this the moment when Hannon finally loses her title? I think it might be. I think the Mew's in a good place where I think winning this title would be good for her. She could get some good singles matches, get some opportunities, and Hanan hasn't beaten her already, so I, I feel like it makes sense, and especially then we'll see some sort of elevation for Hanan outside of that. I think it is likely Hanan now has the record for defenses, so there's really nowhere else to go. Uh, from here, and if she beats Miyu, I'm not entirely sure who else she could face. Unless I'm just trying to think of Inaba comes over and wins, maybe. But I think Inaba now is too old. Oh, because Inaba had to relinquish the Sendai Junior Championship. Because I think I think the rule in Sendai is it's two years. And now she's in her third year or something. Okay. I mean, it is, they could probably bend the rules, but so anyway, the long story short, I also think Miyu has a good chance of winning. They obviously think highly of her and that would be a way to get a title on her and get her some featured matches on some of these shows. Also on the card, Julia and Mai Sakurai facing off against Ruwaka and Rina. Mayu Iwatani, Saeeda, and Momo Kogo will face off against Utami, Azumi, and Lady C in a Captain's Fall match. Mika and Himika will take on Mirai and Amy Sore. That is the last of the non-title matches on the show. Then Saki Kashima, Starlight Kid, and Momo Watanabe, the Artists of Stardom champions, will defend their titles against Mina Shirakawa, Unagi Saika, and Saki. Kelly, who do you think emerges victorious in that match? Um, This one's a toss-up. Uh, I could see it going either way. I would prefer Uedo Taya to win because I really enjoy that team. Uh, I also enjoyed on the post-match promo how often Momo just kept calling Mina an old bitch. I thought that was funny. I am gonna I'm going to predict that they lose 
that um, that the that the Cosmic Angels team loses here, because I think in the next match, which is the Goddess of Stardom title match between the champions Koguma and Hazuki and Tom Nakino and Natsuboy, I think Tom Nakino and Natsuboy have a very good chance of winning this, and I think there might be an interesting story if Tom and Natsupoi win the titles and the essentially the rest of the Cosmic Angels slash Colors team doesn't. I think that's an interesting story. Yeah, no, I could see that. Yeah, I'd be into that. And then our top two, two big matches that were set up after the tag match on the first night of the Five Star Grand Prix. Saya Kamatani defends her Wonder of Stardom title against Kyrie. Now, this is a tricky one. Do you think Kyrie gets the title? I hope so. <laughs> I I would really like her to win. Because um, I feel like Saya can lose this match, and it doesn't really hurt her because it's Kyrie. So I feel like if you're going to have her lose the belt and not hold it forever, this is a good out for that. I think Sayakamatani is going to win. I'll be so mad. <laughs> because I think they want to give her the big win, but also because something we haven't discussed yet, but it was announced that they will be debuting a IWGP women's title for the joint stardom New Japan show and supposedly to be defended on U.S. soil at New Japan USA shows. We'll see. It was just announced. I think, or to me, I would put that title on Kyrie. And so I think it would be tough if Kyrie won this match. Then she would probably have to lose a match in one or two months to give the title back to win that title. Now, maybe she doesn't win the IWGP title and it's a moot point, but Kyrie to me is the sort of no brain. It would either be her or Mayu would be the no brainer people. They have familiarity with, with us wrestling fans already. They can go over, you know, Kyrie is not, this is really her first storyline involvement in stardom. Her other matches have sort of been less of a focal point. So, and I think that they see a lot in Saya Kamatani and they want to give her a big win. And this would be a very, very big win. See, I think that Saya is going to be the one to win the IWGP title. And that's why you have her lose it here. So essentially it's not a big loss because again, it's Kyrie. Like that's, that's an acceptable loss. And then she goes on and wins the IWGP title because they do like her. I would assume new Japan likes her because she's worked matches on their shows before. And she kind of tries her best to work that new Japan style. Wow. Kelly, remember when we used to see eye to eye on things? I know. Saya Kamatani is tearing us apart. I know. Look what she's doing to us. <laughs> It's only Sayakamatani. Yeah. Things. Well, we'll see. Uh, or maybe they go to a time limit draw. Sorry. I you said know, it. you <laughs> know, I think 
I think you're onto something there. <laughs> oh God, don't say that. Double I hope time I'm not onto draw. something. Oh God. And the final match, the main event, will be the World of Stardom champion Turi defending against original champion Nanai Takahashi. This match should be really good. I think this is one where the outcome is not in doubt for me, at least. Um, but these two matches, I think, should be excellent matches. I am sort of annoyed. I am personally sort of annoyed that they're doing a huge show in the middle of all this five star stuff. But if they're going to do a huge show, these are two very good matches to have, and I'm looking forward to seeing them. Yeah, I think it's pretty much guaranteed that Siri's winning, but it'd be pretty wild if Nanae won. <laughs> so, like, you know what? That'd be cool. I mean, I think either way, I think it will be an excellent match. I think it oh, will have sure. a different feel than a lot of stardom matches do, because Nanae is a different sort of style of wrestler than a lot of the big uh, stardom names. So I'm really looking forward to it. I think it would be a lot of fun if not I won just to see what they do with it. But I don't know. I also, I also think you also have to keep the five star. Do you want your champions losing in the middle of the five star? I mean, I guess you could use that as a story and then be like, Oh, that's why they didn't win the five star. Cause their confidence had been crushed. Yeah. Um, uh, but would stardom do that type of storyline? I don't know that they would. <laughs> that's that's asking a lot of their booking. <laughs> but what else is going on? Seedling has a show on August 17th, their seventh anniversary show, uh, headlined Arisa Nakajima against Hiroyo Matsumoto. Makoto taking on Asuka in a singles match. Uh, May Saruga also on that show in a singles match against Kakuro Sekiguchi, which should be really fun. Oz has their Corican Hall show on August 21st. The main event, Akino, defending the Oz Openweight title against Rina Yamashita. Chihiro Hashimoto and Yu will take on Sonoko Kato and Ryo Mizunami to determine the number one contenders for the tag titles in Oz. The mysterious real- Grim Reaper go- looking for a title shot. <laughs> and a really fun match. It will be Ozaki-gun, Mayumi Ozaki, Mayuki, Sayori No with X taking on the prominence team of Risa Sara, Mochi Natsumi, and Suzu Suzuki with Ragi Kurumi. Uh, interesting so to see is, who So X is, is the with not in the match? They're just I don't, accompanying them? <laughs> I don't believe they're in the match. I feel like the X would be police. Yeah. Is police uh, not been around recently or something? I, but I don't know. But either way, I think this match, you look at the end of the day <laughs> in a Ozaki goon match, having the person be a with instead of an and is probably not going to matter. All that much. Yeah. They're just, they're in the match, but they can't get pinned essentially. Yes. Uh, so we'll see who that is, but that sounds like a really fun match. I'm sure that that could get very wild and crazy. Yeah, uh, I'm looking forward to that. <laughs> and speaking of Corican Hall, Tokyo Joshi has two Corican Hall shows back to back. The first show on August 13th is the Tokyo Princess Cup semifinals. I never know the words for w- what each round is yeah this is uh, semifinals. okay the card is shoko nakajima against kaya toribami 
Hikari Noah and Naokakuda, free Wi-Fi, back again. Yeah. Taking on Yuki Aino and Raku. Rika Tatsumi versus Mizuki versus Hyper Masao in a three-way match. Saki Akai, Yuki Arai, and Moko Miyamoto versus Yuki Kamafuku, Mahiro Kiryu, and Haruna Neko. A really interesting match, Arisa Endo versus Mei Saruga. Who will win Suzume's love? <laughs> Palm Harajuku will take on the debuting Max the Impaler. They are coming over from the States for a tour in Tokyo Joshi. And then the two Tokyo Princess Cup matches, Miyu Yamashita taking on Miyu Watanabe and Yuka Sakazaki taking on Suzume. Kelly, I'm asking you to make your two predictions. Who wins each match here of the Tokyo Princess Cup? Uh, I'm saying Watanabe beats Yamashita and Yuka Sakazaki bullies uh, Suzume into submission. Well, I agree with you. So <laughs> we're back. We're this back. about Saya Kamatani. Get Saya out of here. <laughs> and then on the 14th, they will be back at Cork in the day after for the Tokyo Princess Cup finals that will have that match on the card. Nothing else has been yet announced. I'm sure that that will uh, all fall into place after the first night of Corican Hall. Ice Ribbon coming up on August 10th has their world famous tax pro wrestling event. Hell yeah. Uh, if you've never seen it, it's a lot of fun. Uh, Sukasa Fujimoto will be the lecturer all about taxes so if you want to learn about the japanese tax system maybe if you live in japan and you need help with your taxes uh check out that show ice ribbon also is going to be starting a mexico expedition tournament uh it will be a tournament to determine uh, a wrestler to head over to mexico they currently have some cmll talent in ice ribbon so the Ice Ribbon talent will be going back to CMLL and that tournament will determine who goes. And finally, the Wave has two shows on August 13th and three shows on August 14th, all celebrating their 15th anniversary. Some of the highlights of the match. Oh, there's a match on here I'm very interested in. Yes. Some of the matches announced uh, for those shows so far, Suzu Suzuki against X, X will be announced at the show. Kohaku versus Miyuki Takase. A tag title match. The champions Yuka Miyazaki and Hibiscus Mi will take on Saki and Hikari Shimizu. A match that has been deemed Yumi Oka's match full of sexy wrestlers. Hell yeah, let's go. <laughs> will be happening. And then... Yuki Miyazaki will take on Risa Sarah in a hardcore match, but the highlight, the main event of the last show of this gauntlet of shows will be the Regina DeWave champion, Suzu Suzuki, defending her title against AEW superstar Hikaru Shida. Unbelievably, I believe, unless Shida wrestles an AEW match in the next six days uh, that this wave match will mean Shida has had more matches in Japan this year than in AEW. Uh, Sounds about right. Which is hard to believe. I believe she's had eight matches in AEW and she's had eight matches in Japan. Um, Really crazy. 
but this is not an AEW podcast, so we won't talk about any of that. Don't you know, get me she started. might be she might be in that match of sexy wrestlers. She might be in that match full of sexy wrestlers. You're exactly right. Um, there's who, so right, many who, who do you think is going to be in that match? Because I am right now picturing uh, Takeyuki Oeki in that match for sure. Well, I know who you think is going to be in the match. Your favorite sexy wrestler will probably be in that match. Hoshitango. Of course. Of course Hoshitango is going to be in that match. Uh, but we will have to see. It was announced, I should say, speaking of Wave, that they are opening a YouTube channel. Uh, Kelly, I believe you brought this to my attention earlier this week. Yeah, I'm, um, I'm hoping it's better than the Ice Ribbon one because that is a service I pay for and pretty much never use. It will be uh, a YouTube membership. It will be 990 yen a month. Um, as of the when they announced it a few days ago, they just had the 8-1 show. So if those, hopefully, those anniversary shows will go up on that YouTube channel because that would be a great way to watch. I love watching shows on YouTube because it makes it really easy. Yep. Yeah, and if they, if they do put those anniversary shows up, I'm definitely getting that like that's totally worth it just for those shows at that point and then finally i throw it over to kelly again to talk about what's coming up in choco pro so for choco pro we've only got one thing announced coming up because they usually after their season finale they kind of go dark for a little bit before they announce anything that's coming up uh, in the next season but right now we've got part of their like anniversary series on September 15th, Phoenix Rises in Shinjuku Face. The main event is going to be Mei Suruga versus Yuna Mizumori in a singles match. So that should be pretty good, especially if they're, you know, it's a main event, so they're going to go nuts. So I'm expecting big things out of that match. And that is everything that is coming up in the next two weeks. On our next episode, we'll definitely be talking more about the Five Star Grand Prix. We'll definitely be talking about the Tokyo Joshi Korokin Hall shows. Hopefully, we can talk about those big wave anniversary shows and maybe a few more things. And Kelly, I hate to do this, but I'm going to steal your thunder here at the end of the show. Whoa. And I'm going to issue my own recommendation. Okay. Uh, for not a not a film. I hope it's a, what I think you're going to recommend. I, I bet it is. But a TV show. Everyone should be watching the rehearsal. Yes. Uh, Kelly, I know you watched. Did you watch the most recent episode? I know that you didn't oh my watch God. it live on Friday. <laughs> I sure did. And that episode of TV, I do not think I could explain to another person without it taking the same amount of time or longer to just watch the show. I will say, to bring it back to Joshi, it does sort of have the deranged energy that some Joshi wrestlers have. Yeah, this this feels like a Miyako Matsumoto show. <laughs> That's a very good... Uh, I didn't even think about that. That's a very good point. Uh, overly elaborate, often confusing, um, although this gets extra points for being confusing in the language I speak, which is English. Yeah. Um, you know, but... Uh, that is my recommendation. Kelly, I don't mean to steal your weekly recommendation spot, but I had to jump in with that. 
Yeah, no, that's okay because I, I wanted to talk about that show regardless. Uh, but my movie kind of recommendation for this week is on Netflix. There is a movie called Carter. Uh, it's about a guy who wakes up and he's got a little like earpiece or something, and he has to follow their instructions, and he doesn't know who he is. And the movie is shot as though it's like one continuous take, but it's like a ton of just scene stitching and all that stuff. Uh, it's not the best, but I will say the opening 20 minutes have some of the craziest shit you'll ever see in a movie in terms of action sequences. So like at least watch the first 20 minutes. Like the, those action scenes are incredible, like legitimately some of the most impressive fight scenes I've ever seen. After that, it kind of falls off like the story sequences. Not great. Uh, some real iffy CGI later in the movie. And it's probably like 45 minutes too long. But those first 20 minutes are definitely worth watching. And if you jump out after that, I don't think you're missing much. But definitely watch those first 20 minutes. That is Carter on Netflix. Wow, a movie I have not even heard of uh, being recommended. recommended. Yeah, I think Uh, it just popped up on Netflix this past weekend. I thought you might give a recommendation of Prey, which just dropped. Uh, I still need to watch weekend. that. And I, I also need to watch it. I think I might watch it after we stop recording. That was one where I wasn't sure when it was coming out because I saw like an ad for it the day before it came out and they just listed soon as the date. Mm. So it's like, what are you guys doing? <laughs> I Just let me know, hey, this is going to be out tomorrow instead of just giving me the nebulous, hey, it'll be out soon. Because when I hear soon... I assume it's like a month from now. That is uh, perfectly fair. But anyway, this has been our Joshi podcast, Jumping Bomb Audio. Uh, We've been happy to be with you again, and we will be back with you in two weeks' time to talk even more wonderful Joshi Pro Wrestling. Kelly, do you have any final thoughts? Uh, give us a rating on iTunes because I read through our iTunes reviews the other day and there's a lot of stupid people in there, so counteract them. Yes, our iTunes reviews are almost universally very mean. There's uh, one in there where I'm just like, okay, you straight up just listened to the show in chunks of it and did not understand at all what we were saying because they are saying that we pushed the uh, rumor that New Japan wanted to sell stardom when I'm pretty sure we both said, no, that's stupid. They won't do that. (laughs) Where are you getting this idea from? So, yes, everyone go to iTunes and give us a five star rating and review because we would really love it. It would make us feel very special. I do appreciate being told that I'm just as bad as Aaron, though. That feels like a nice compliment. Oh, I haven't even I stopped. I stopped reading them after the I checked the first month and then said, I'm not doing this. I, I only did it recently because I have a friend that started listening to the show because she got into Joshi uh, and she's like, oh, they're not they're not nice to you there. And I was like, OK, I guess I'll take a look. <laughs> well, anyway, we hope that the people listening have enjoyed the show and we will talk to you again in two weeks. Goodbye. Goodbye, everybody. Say goodbye 
to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill.